All right, welcome in everybody live from uh, here at Terry Black's Barbecue in downtown Dallas. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Jerry Hamilton as well as Rod Babers. Uh, this is the Friday afternoon Longhorn live stream, fellas. How about it? That's a good group, <laughs> Rod. Hey, Rod, we got a crew out here today. Uh, I, I, Rod, I see two Rod Babers jerseys out here. <laughs> you sure that's not Keaton Crawford? Me. Yeah, I was wrong. Never mind. It's Keaton Crawford, not Rod Babers. Yes. Uh, this is uh, this last week brought to you by the folks at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, we appreciate them and their sponsorship each and every Friday. Guys, uh, it is time for the Longhorns to take on uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys tomorrow, 11 a.m. on ABC. Uh, if you're in Dallas, by the way, there's a dispute right now between DirecTV and ABC. Uh, the local news dispute, make sure you have access to a non-DirecTV TV set tomorrow. I know that's an issue for some people, but uh, yeah. please be aware of that. Uh, Rod and Jerry, uh, we're looking at a 11-1 Texas team, the best Longhorns have done since 2009. Oklahoma State, a surprise Big 12 championship appearance at is the only way to say it after the first five yeah. games of their season. Uh, what What are y'all's thoughts, Jerry? I'll start with you. Your Your take on tomorrow's game? I think. I think. Look, I mean, it's. It, it, I think we're at. We're at. It's the same place we were at the beginning of the week. Um, Oklahoma. We had an Oklahoma State beat writer on this morning. He said they're a pretty healthy football team. Nobody out for this game that wasn't expected. Uh, with Texas, I think Ryan Watts will be a game time decision. So. Uh, the only player that's definitely out uh, tomorrow is Austin Jordan. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll go from there and see what Watts uh, can do once he goes through warmups tomorrow. And that's it on the health front. I think as, when he gets to the game, I think Texas creating pressure on Allen Bowman uh, and tech and the Texas edge guys, Rod. I think have to really be uh, technically sound because Ollie Gordon's going to be looking for cutbacks against them. And I and I think Oklahoma State's going to screen Texas quite a bit. That's my bet tomorrow with Mike Gundy. Because he knows that the Texas defensive line has an advantage over the Oklahoma State offensive line. Um, he's no dummy. And I also think this, they won't punt at Xavier Worthy after what he said in that press conference. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with that. And I'll say I'll throw out turnovers are going to be big in this game. Right? Texas plays a clean game. I think Texas wins this game pretty handily. If things get a little bit messy for Texas and Oklahoma State plays a clean game, then, you know, I think things could get really, really, you know, uh, iffy down the stretch for Texas because Oklahoma State, listen, we know Alan Bowman, you know, he's played Texas before, had a big game there versus uh, versus Texas once before in his career. But in this form of Alan Bowman, he, he turns the football over a lot. All right. He's got more interceptions than touchdowns. Uh, he's got the second lowest yards per attempt, second lowest completion percentage in the conference, second most interceptions in the conference. I think if Texas can shut down Ali Gordon, and that's a big if, right? You talk about the best running back in the country. He's going to win the Dope Walker Award. Uh, so you can make the argument this is the final exam for the Texas rush defense, which has been one of the best in Texas football history, one of the best in Big 12 history. If they can neutralize Ali Gordon, force Allen Bowman to beat him, I think that's going to be, to me, uh, the start of the game plan for Texas. If they can do that, I think they'll have a successful day. What's interesting, Rod, if you look at this matchup, uh, a lot of people see Ollie Gordon in the 1,500 yards plus rushing uh, that he's had this year, and they think, you know what, uh, this is a run-oriented team first, but the Cowboys actually pass more than they run. 57% of the time they're passing the football this year, uh, and it's almost like Gundy is using the power run to set up the outside receivers, most namely Bren, Brennan Presley, uh, a young man that is, I mean, he's caught 
10, more than 10 balls, I think, in three different games this year. Uh, he is the Cowboys' go-to guy on the outside. And I will say this, they Cowboys love to run the slants. Yeah. And, Rod, you've been a big proponent of Texas playing a little closer to the line of scrimmage. They did that against Texas Tech and absolutely swallowed the Tech receivers. Baron Morton couldn't get going. Uh, Jerry, your thoughts on on how Texas will play tomorrow as it relates to that o- Oklahoma State passing game? I, I think they're going to press them because the same uh, Oklahoma State has the same issue as Texas Tech. I don't think their outside receivers can just race by press coverage, Rod, and put Texas in a recovery position immediately. Uh, and I think Texas knows they match up well there. Um, so I think that's what you're going to see uh, from uh, from Texas is uh, more press coverage tomorrow, aggressive defense. I think Steve Sarkeesian said it in this press conference two weeks ago. Rod, he's been transparent this year when he said, you know what, sometimes I think our play calls uh, can be more aggressive on defense. Yep. Now, maybe he knew that matchups coming, Texas Tech and probably Oklahoma State, the Big 12 championship game, those teams didn't have the outside receivers to take advantage of Texas from a pure speed standpoint, but Sark was sending a message at that press conference, I feel like. Yep. No, I, I totally agree with you. And that Tech game was probably as aggressive as we've seen Texas on the outside playing press man, both the field and the boundary corner. And also, you go look at PK aggressively. Uh, I thought his, his tendencies on third down, I thought they actually became more and more aggressive. I thought he brought more pressure on third downs. Uh, they played more press man on third downs. I'm with you, Jerry. I don't think that was something that was matchup specific. I didn't know it was something Texas may be trending toward. They want to do more of that. We know Sark has stated he wants to do more of it. I think we see it in this game. Now, the question is, with guys like uh, Jaden Bray and Leon Johnson the third, he's another guy that's been trending for Oklahoma State on the outside as a wide receiver. And then you also you guys brought up Presley. I mean, he's the guy they're going to try to get the football to in the slot. You can bracket that guy potentially, play press on the outside, force Allen Bowman to hold on to the ball just a little bit longer, and then maybe your pass rush gets home. But, Bobby, you hit the nail on the head. Most people, people don't know because all the talk is about Ali Gordon is that Allen Bowman leads the Big 12 in pass attempts. They throw it. And against BYU, they were 50-50 on early downs, pass-run ratio. Yeah. They're going to throw it early as much as they'll uh, run it, but they, they, they like those high-percentage passes. You talked about, Jerry, the wide receiver screens or those quick, easy completions for Allen Bowman. Take those away, and things may get interesting. Um, you know what? There's Texas-Oklahoma State is not the only game in town. Uh, actually, it's the only game in town in Arlington, but it's not the only game being played on Saturday that Longhorn fans are likely to be watching. At 7 o'clock uh, tomorrow night, Florida State uh, takes on Louisville. And the latest report is that Tate Rodemaker, the backup quarterback for Florida State, is officially a game-time right. decision. Uh, yeah. You know, what do you do if you're going to your third-team quarterback in the ACC championship game? Uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, they get out of that one alive. They've done something. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Florida State uh, has been undefeated all season long, 12 and 0. Uh, Texas is 11, or excuse me, uh, Louisville 10 and 2, I believe. Now yes. after a weekend loss to Kentucky, uh, Jerry, you've watched both teams. How does that game match up now that we don't even know who's going to be quarterback for Florida State? Well, look, uh, Louisville scored more than 15, like Florida did, even though they're at home with a backup quarterback. Uh, uh, Jeff Brom's going to score more than 15 points in that game. If he didn't, if he doesn't, then Jack Plummer had a really bad day. 
uh, because they have good running backs. They have enough skill at receiver. Jack Plummer can move the football down the field. Jeff Brom's a solid play caller. They had 405 yards against Kentucky. They just turned it over three times. They only gave up 283 yards to Kentucky. And Kentucky didn't run the ball up and down the field on at Louisville like they did on Florida earlier in the season. I think the whole key, I, I, I remain the same, Rod. The whole key is Louisville holding up in pass protection because FSU can get after the quarterback. And if they hold up in pass protection and can get the 24 to 27 points, I think that's kind of the magic number for Louisville, Louisville tomorrow. If they can get the 24, 27 points, unless they just don't run fit, how I and Keon Coleman makes big plays in the return game. I have a hard time seeing FSU scoring 27, 28 points to win that game tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be a true test, right, for the other two phases of the game for Florida State. They're going to have yeah. to almost be perfect, right, on yeah. special teams. Not no margin for error tomorrow. Exactly, right? Not give up big plays, not give up any chunk plays on defense. Um, and, and, you know, they, de they do have the talent to do it. Uh, but, man, it's hard to win a football game with your third-string quarterback in a championship game scenario. Know the name, Brock Glenn. If Florida State wins that game, that guy, the third-string quarterback for Florida State, is going to have a hell of a day. Because if I'm <laughs> Louisville, I force that dude, Brock Glenn, to make a name for himself on that Hey, hey and Rod, they have the last game of the night. They're going to know – the result of the Texas-Oklahoma State game before oh, they yeah. go walk out for warm-ups. Well before they walk out for warm-ups. Hey, hey, as I know, that can blow up in your face. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that this morning. So, Rod, talk about that. So, because some people see – they don't see every show, right? Talk yeah. about that. When you guys took the field against Colorado, y'all knew that Tennessee had lost, and if y'all won, you're going to the national championship game. That changes yeah. the pressure point. <laughs> Yeah, and we had been informed of it. And I think, you know, for the, you know, I think for Coach Brown, he thought that most of the guys like myself would see that as inspiration incentive. This is what I've always dreamt of. This is the the big moment that I've all that I've been working my entire life for. I'm gonna go on this big stage. I'm going to achieve. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make an A for I'll make the big play, right? I'm gonna be a star in this big game. That's uh, what legends are made of, that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of guys had that approach, but I also think there were some guys on that team and maybe even half the team that had the other approach where they put too much pressure on themselves and that pressure, it actually, you know, it, it, it hurt them, right? It, 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 they made mistakes under that pressure. They collapsed under that pressure. Um, and I don't think Coach Brown anticipated that. And th these guys can't avoid it, right? They got social media. We didn't have social media back then, so we had to be informed of news like that. These guys will know everything beforehand. Um, but that kind of pressure, man, it, it, it really can uh, change the outcome. It can change the performance. But I'll say this. This group, they perform really well under pressure. It's what we like about them. It's why they're a great team. Because they do make clutch plays in critical moments. They're clutch. You can say what you want about them not being well-rounded, red zone offense and all this stuff. We can talk about that. But they got the clutch gene. We didn't really have the clutch gene. We had a chance to close out opponents. Right? We had a chance to go to a BCS game against and beat Tech in 02, and we didn't do it. We let Cliff Kingsbury and Wes Welker have a coming out party. We had a chance at 01 against Colorado, a team we had already beat, all right, to, to, to win the Big 12 title and go to a national title. We didn't close it out. Can't say with clutch if we didn't get one of those two. But this team, they are a clutch. They got that clutch gene. That's what separates them. Hey, we had a question about the uh, tight end, the Indiana commitment in, in the chat that Texas offered. That kid uh, took down his tweet. We don't think that's a committable offer, if an offer at all at this point. Uh, we think Texas will go to the portal at tight end for their second tight end. I agree with Jerry on that. Uh, getting some intel that we did today about Texas and their approach in the portal. Uh, it looks like Texas is going to go heavy receiver, as they should, 
We know Texas is probably going to lose not only Adonai Mitchell and Xavier Worthy, but also Jordan Whittington, the top three receiving threats on the outside, as well as JT Sanders at tight end next year. Uh, we're hearing as many as two wide receivers, uh, hopefully on the high end. Uh, Juice Wells has been mentioned. That's a, that's a guy from South Carolina that uh, we've heard. Uh, there are others as well. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see how all, the, all that plays out. This will not begin officially, though, until December 4th, uh, which is a uh, this coming Monday when players can officially put their names in the portal. Uh, one of the things we talked about earlier this week is Texas in the portal. You know, the Longhorns could lose some guys to the portal come December 4th. Steve Sarkeesian and his staff, however, have set up meetings with each individual Longhorn player beginning on Monday. Some will actually have meetings on Sunday even going through the rest of the week uh, and trying to make sure that uh, they understand where they stand on the team and what the situation is uh, for Texas. Uh, Jerry, outside a wide receiver and uh, possibly tight end, what other positions do you think Texas is going to be looking at in the portal? I think linebacker potentially. Um, if there's an inside backer that's a really good experienced player, uh, because I know Texas has thought about playing Anthony, moving Anthony Hill to middle in the spring, keeping him at will, kind of having some versatility there. But if somebody's in the portal that makes a lot of sense at inside backer, and that gives Samaje Burrell, that gives Leon LaFowle a little more time to physically develop or compete for that spot, I think that's something Texas will look at. I think safety obviously is a possibility um, as well. Um, Bobby and, you know, punter. I think punter is going to be one they look at in the portal uh, for sure. Yeah, because they, right now they're only going to have a true freshman coming in. Ryan Sanborn, obviously uh, a grad transfer from Stanford himself. And, and the D-line. If there's a big-time D-line guy, but those are hard to find. So if there's somebody that they feel like could give them legitimate 20 to 30 snaps, I think they'd look at it. But he's got to be a high-end player to bring in going into the SEC at that position. All right, I, I need to do a reset here. Everybody, we're here live at Terry Black's Barbecue in downtown Dallas. I'm Bobby Burton alongside Jerry Hamilton, Rod Babers from his home studio there in Austin, Texas, joining us. Uh, this uh, live stream brought to you by the folks at MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to get into the corporate or uh, into the uh, – franchise business and want to be your own business owner, Andy Ludicky is who you want to call. Reach out to him at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or call him at 404-973-9901. It's free. It's a free consultation. He'll get you started. You may want to turn over a new leaf in the new year. Give him a call. All right. Uh, I tell you what, guys, uh, we've got roughly, what is it, 3.30. Kickoff is around 11.07 tomorrow probably. Yeah. So we're talking about almost, nine, uh, what is it? Holy cow. 20 hours away, a little less than 20 hours away before the Longhorns take the field. I got to ask y'all, what are y'all expecting? Like, I think I know what to expect from the Texas defense. They've pretty been fairly consistent throughout the year. A really good defensive line. And then we're going to have to wait and see what happens in the secondary and how they play the game. Yep. But the Texas offense has been a little up and down a little bit. You don't know if they're going to come out and score a lot of points or if they're going to move the ball and bog down in the red zone. What are y'all thinking about the Texas offense tomorrow? Uh, you know, Rod, I said this morning, one of my keys is, you know, the first couple of drives within the script for Sark. Uh, yeah, you want to move the ball. Yes, you'd love to get points. But you know what I don't want to see? Holds on third down. False starts to start drives. Anything that puts them behind the chains early in this game. Because Texas will have – Texas does have pressure on them tomorrow. Uh, Quinn will be playing uh, with pressure on him tomorrow early in this game to set the tone for Texas. 
Uh, so Jake Majors, communication on the offensive line, I think, is paramount. It should be a 65,000 Texas fans in the house tomorrow, right mm-hmm. out of 80, oh, yeah. you would think. But mm-hmm. no pre-snap penalties, no holds on second mediums, no holds on third mediums. Give your offense a chance. Don't get yourself behind the chains and let Oklahoma State, let Colin Oliver get in a position where he's watching JT Sanders saying, are you going to block me on third down? Bring it. Yeah, hey, no, I'm with you. Nick Martin with five sacks on the year. That's their middle linebacker. And then Colin Oliver, the outside linebacker, with six. The one thing that they will do is put you in bad situations if you let them. The teams that have been most successful against Oklahoma State are the ones that can be consistent and move the ball down the field and then hit them over the top with the big play. They have given up the big play, right, Rod? Yeah, they'll give up the big play, um, but this is the concern. Don't chase the big play, though. This is kind of what you guys thought. Last time Texas played Oklahoma State, and Sark was a very different play caller then, so I'm not saying that you're going to have to worry about that. But remember, Texas was chasing that big play. They were so they were so desperate for that big play, even though their quarterback had a hurt hand, wide receiver had a hurt hand, right? There was wind swirling there at Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Texas still had more the more more deep overthrows than they did in any game all season. Um, I believe uh, Quinn Ewers had 14 overthrows in that game. It was crazy, but they kept force feeding the football to X Men. Kept force feeding it deep, and I think based on what I was watching. I think Oklahoma State was baiting Sark. Go back and watch that film. Those DBs, which Oklahoma State often did under Jim Knowles and going forward, they, they flat foot read a lot of things, especially on third down. That's why they were one of the better third down teams in the country, all right, uh, last year and previous years before that, is because they were flat foot reading a lot of things on third down. And I think Sark saw that and he wanted to take advantage of it. Kept tossing those deep shots, got Texas behind the chains a lot. The Sark we know this year is very different. Not as many frivolous deep shots downfield, all right? So on first down, he likes to, you know, stay ahead of the chains a little bit. If you can do that against Oklahoma State, I think Texas will be fine. If they start taking shots downfield and not connecting on those shots and getting behind the chains, that could be a problem. That's exactly what happened last season. But I don't think that's going to be the issue. Last season, you only had one threat, pretty much. You were trying to get the football to an X-Man. Now you got X-Man, A.D. Mitchell, JT Sanders, even Jay Witt now can be a part of that. So I think the offense now is more complimentary and in more variety. We, we had a com- somebody in the comments section says, oh, this is it. He brought it up. Perfect. I think he's talking about Ohio State. There's no way he's talking about Oklahoma State here. Dave <laughs> Jackson says Oklahoma City Radio continues to say that OSU has more team speed than Texas. They've been saying it all week. Thoughts on that comment? They mean Ohio State, right? It's I mean, not. It's not on offense. It's not the. It's not the Cowboys' offense. Their defense, maybe it's safety. They do if you tell if you count Jaron Thompson and Michael Taft, neither of whom are particularly fast. But other than that, I don't know that I would say that Oklahoma State has a particularly speedy defense. Either. Maybe they're breaking out the four by one hundred team Saturday. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> not on the football field that I've seen this year. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd say that. And I'm not trying to hate on Oklahoma State. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely would not say that's one of their advantages. They got more team speed. Uh, on <laughs> defense, yeah, go ahead. They, they, they like hybrids, though. Right? They've always been kind of a hybrid defense. That's a Mike Gundy thing, is philosophically. He likes hybrid players on the defense side of the ball. And they do run the dreaded three high, right? They run yeah. the three high defense. Not always three high, three down, but they'll run that three high with three safeties, which we know has been effective at limiting 
Sark's offenses to fewer points, you know, less explosive plays, less efficient plays, um, and that is track. But I think Sark has figured out uh, ways uh, to, to 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 expose and antidotes to the three high defense. I think it witnessed that actually in the Iowa State game. Remember, all these three high defenses are very different. Uh, TCU's ain't K-State's, K-State's ain't Iowa State's. They're all really different. But you see why we made such a big deal of it and why Sark had to figure it out. Guys, this will be the sixth three high defense that he plays. They have the damn schedules playing three high defenses now. Hell, Georgia's going to have a, a three high package when he gets there. I'm not joking. Kirby Smart's already got one. He's got a three high defensive runs. You can't escape this thing. You got to figure it out if you were going to win the Big 12. And once again, if you're going to win the Big 12, you're going to figure out the three high. It all comes back to it. Well, offensive uh, offensive coordinators, quarterbacks, and head coaches alike are all learning about that defense at different rates. Sark has seen it as much or more than anybody in the country. People are doing it even when they don't know the defense very well, like Houston did uh, in the middle of the season and kind of stymied Sark uh, in in, uh, Houston this year. All right, um, guys, we're going to open it up for more questions, uh, talk a little football. This is going to be a little bit of an abbreviated one. We're going to finish up at 345 here today. Uh, Make way for the radio guys. We're also going to visit with some folks here in town and at uh, Terry Black's Barbecue. Please come out and join us. Uh, as well, but Matt, if our producer, if you don't mind, well, go ahead and it, jump into some questions. Somebody also said, "What did USC, uh, UCF, UCF do uh, on offense against uh, Oak State?" And here's why: here's where Texas has an advantage. And I said this about UCF against Texas Tech, and I'm going to say it against Oak State. UCF may be the only other team in the conference that has two wide receivers that are of the uh, of a talent of near Texas and a tight end that can stretch the field vertically. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Even though he's a freshman, Randy Pittman, they have athleticism at that position, and they have a big-time back. So they can stress you from all the same spots, even though they have QB run game, that Texas can stress you. And Texas Tech gave up 500 yards, and Oklahoma State gave up damn near 600 yards to, uh, to UCF in the rain. I think that's the issue for Oklahoma State, is how do you defend both wide receivers, plus Jordan Whittington, JT Sanders, and the run game. UCF presents some of those same issues to Tech and Oklahoma State, and Tech, and Tech could not handle Texas. We'll see if Oklahoma State can. All right, Matt, if you don't mind, uh, bring us up another question. Uh, this is from Shake and Bake. Do you feel Texas is at the same point Georgia was in in 2018? Up and coming, but don't have the street cred yet. I don't know that Texas has the young linemen that, that Georgia team had. 
But I think they have the young skill talent that that Georgia team had. I think the difference is Georgia under Mark Richt was still winning eight to ten games a year. So Kirby walked in on rounding third. Yeah, he was he was on third base. He no was doubt. on third base, like Ryan Day. And Ryan Day, yeah, he hadn't figured out how to get home. Uh, he can't even get a walk at this point from Jim Harbaugh to get home. But, uh, look, I, I think that's the difference. But I do think from a talent perspective, Texas is closing the gap. And yep. that's the big thing for me is um, are they there? I think it's different because those Georgia kids, they probably had 30 NFL players in the program when Kirby walked in the door. And so all he had to do was kind of straighten that thing up, uh, get all those alumni on the same page in Athens, and, and, and to just kind of finish the race, which it took him a while to do, but he got it done. And he almost did it in year one. Uh, Kerry Humphrey says, hook them, boys, hook them. Uh, to hook everybody them out there, we're, we're enjoying this. Chris Phelps, boy, I've known Chris Phelps longer than I've known you, Jerry okay. Hamilton, just so you know. The Horns have so many reasons to be ready to make a statement tomorrow. Complete the revenge tour, <laughs> totally agree. Win the final Big 12 ring. All the Big 12 snubs, including Steve Sarkeesian, Potential see a college football playoff bid, and now that disgusting frat stuff at a stunt at Oklahoma State. Let's talk about a little bit about that because not everybody is up to speed on that. Uh, apparently, it was a, a frat stunt that killed a livestock and slaughtered it. A longhorn, uh, essentially, in what may be one of the grossest acts I've seen. Jackie Sherrill back in the nineties. Hey, hey, Rod, Jackie Sherrill back in the nineties brought a bull or brought a steer out to uh, midfield during an uh, Mississippi State practice prior to coming to uh, Texas for a game and castrated the the, the steer in front of his entire team. This is something totally and uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, different. This looks like it's just sad stuff. Yeah, yeah he, that's I, I don't know any particulars, so I'm not commenting on yeah, it. Yeah, just the photos from it, Rod. If you if you I see saw, this, it's uh, I saw it's the photos. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you just don't want anything a part of it. It's not what the game's about, uh, and it's young kids thinking that they can do something that they really shouldn't be doing. Uh, yeah, right, but let's talk about this. It is the revenge tour. Yeah, that's that's a good thing to talk about uh, when we talk about this game and my thoughts about it. It's really simple. Uh, he's beating he's beating everybody but Oklahoma, but they get a chance at Oklahoma next year. Right. All right. Tech, TCU, Baylor, even got Houston. Hey, think about it. There was a reason Houston was the only new conference team Texas played this year. They didn't get oh, yeah. Cincinnati. Oh, they got BYU, I guess. Yeah. But they even they even revenged or avenged um, BYU and Taysom Hill's ghost yeah. uh, this year. Uh, Iowa State on the road, Kansas State. It's been a full year of, of revenge and avenging uh, negative things. Uh, what do you all think, guys? I, I think especially the last three games for me, four games. TCU, Sark had 199 yards of offense in Austin in 2022. Probably the low point offensively of his coaching career. Low point yardage-wise, Rod. Mm -hmm. They win that game. At Iowa State after the 30-7 to beat down two years ago and everything Bo did that was great for the program. Avenge that one. Then Texas Tech was Brett Yormark and Joey McGuire went, uh, had two mo two open mics after uh, – <laughs> They probably had a few cocktails. Yeah, so Dang. avenge that one. But here's Oklahoma State, Rod, to your point. Last year, Oklahoma State and TCU were the ugly losses. This is his fourth game in a row 
where I think Sarska is looking to avenge a little bit personally a loss in a game. And I think it's great for him that his team's taking it personally as well. Yep, and I think it's fitting that he has got to go up against one of who I think is one of the better coaches in college football, period. You know, coaches are problem solvers. Fewer, fewer coaches solve problems as well as Mike Gundy. And even though he may not be as uh, progressive <laughs> in his, his politics, people like him as a coach, man, he's about as progressive as he gets in terms of how experimental he is. And he'll just, uh, you know, try different things and, and and try to make sure that he's always on kind of the cutting edge. When the air raid first hit, he's one of the first guys to say, hey, you know what? We run the air raid. When the third, nobody He ran the three high before Iowa State ran the three high safeties. It was Mike Gundy actually that was running at Oklahoma State. He's one of those guys. And everything that Tech – he's got a whole season, all right, of sample size of film to try to dissect Texas. He's not hes not a really talented team this year, but he's still one of the better coaches. I can't wait to see what his game plan is going to be, and I can't wait to see, see uh, my man Sark decide to, you know, match wits with one of the better coaches out there and find a way to outwit him. Uh, do you, you guys think anybody in particular on defense has to play well tomorrow? Like, is there we, – we asked yes. this question on Inside Texas in our roundtable, and I came up with the, the duo of Ethan Burke and yes. Baron Sorrell. Yes. Uh, because I thought they needed to be the ones that that kept the cutback lanes from uh, Ollie Gordon. That's where a lot of his big runs come from. But what about maybe the, the linebackers being, being smart in coverage and in picking up the screen game? Is that a big piece of it? I mean – Look, Anthony Hill showed last week that he's starting to get the hang of it. Mm-hmm. He picked up uh, Taj Brooks coming out of the backfield on a fourth down play that totally stopped that dead in its tracks and turned the ball over to Texas. What, what's the what's the idea on this? I'd love to hear Rod's thoughts. My thoughts are it's it's edges and outside backers Saturday are the key. Because you know what you're going to get in the middle with Sweat, Collins, Murphy, Carter, yeah. that crew. Hey, Rod, Rod, do you see four-man front or three-man front tomorrow? Do you see what do you see as better fit against Oklahoma State? That's good. Um, honestly, I'd probably go with a four-man front against Oklahoma State. Uh, I just because I think you got you got first of all with Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy up there, and if I can throw Alfred Collins up there too, um, at one point, I think that's a lot of mass. Uh, but you know, you the way that Pete Pete, Pete Kutkowski does it. You know, he wants his edges basically time to just restrict the space on the outside. He doesn't yep. want them necessarily crashing the edges all the time, just restricting space. And it really does play the – my man Ian Boyd brought this up in the football theory. helps you play the counters really well, which is one of their bread and butter plays. They love the counter. And you can see even BYU, I mean, a few of his big, big runs were on those cutbacks on those counter plays. That's going to be key for Texas. I, I'll throw out the safety is going to be big in this game. Your added your added man in the box is usually going to end up being one of those safeties, and Mike Gundy on passing downs, and he's he's going to throw it even on early downs. What are you going to target? Who are you going to target on those early downs? Who are you going after? You're going after the safeties, all right? And if the safeties are a liability on early downs in pass coverage. You're going after those guys, and that's why sometimes they'll go formation in the boundary. It puts Jade Barron at the deep safety. If y'all notice that teams are doing that more, and then it puts that safety isolated in that boundary on that slot receiver. Watch out for that because they might do a lot of that and then bring that guy across the field if they have time. They've only allowed 12 sacks this year. So, Ellen Bowman, even though, you know, they've been getting rid of football, he hadn't actually been under a lot of pressure and not been getting sacked a lot either. Hey, we've got uh, – we're here, uh, Longhorn live stream, uh, Friday afternoon at Terry Black's and uh, Barbecue here in downtown Dallas. 
this is from Lane Seawright uh, on Oklahoma State's team YouTube yesterday. When asked about the challenge that Texas brings Gundy, he said, they're really talented, but the schemes are basic. What do you make of that? Like, is that a, is that a, the gauntlet thrown down to Steve Sarkeesian and Pete Bukowski? Uh, is it maybe thrown down at Quinn Ewers? The don't, quarterback? Don't, don't take the bait, Texas. Don't take the bait. Don't mm. take that bait. Look, you only, yeah. you only say that. You only say that if you're hoping uh, you can get somebody to uh, take the bait. There's no other reason to say that. I mean, I, well, Gundy's a genuine guy, but look at the other at the other point. Rod is, if you're very very talented, you can be more basic because you're going to win more head to head, right? Pretty much, my guy versus your guy, we win. My guy's better. Yeah. <laughs> hey, one of the, we talk about that. One of the things that I did hear Oklahoma State guys say. Um, that, that they think is one of the keys to victory for them is their wide receivers beating the Texas cornerbacks. Oh, yeah. If, if uh, Brennan Presley, uh, Johnson, uh, and the other guy can get over on Malik Muhammad uh, as well as Terrence Brooks with Ryan Watts, we don't know if he's playing. Uh, if that's if that's a key, what, what are your thoughts there? Uh, and, Rod, Rick Amberguy asked, how does Texas defend Presley I think he is the key to the handling their offense because you know Ollie Gordon's going to get his. Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting to see how Texas approaches it. Right, they want to take away those uh, those easy completions on the outside by the wide receivers, and they play press like they did against Texas Tech. They will leave themselves vulnerable to deep shots downfield. That's only if uh, the quarterback Allen Bowman has time. If he doesn't have time to get those connecting those deep shots downfield. Then I think Texas would do themselves a lot of good bringing those corners up, taking away the easy completions. Brandon Presley, I'd bracket him. He's dude. He's quick. He's quick. When he gets the ball in his hands, he breaks a lot of tackles. They had 10 forced missed tackles, I believe, in that BYU game. The wide receiving unit, just them alone. All right. Though they can be twitchy. They got a couple of guys on the outside if they get the ball in their hands, and one of them is Presley. I worry about him. I'd bracket him. Unless you got Jade Barron on him, but even with Jade Barron, I'd probably give him a little bit of help over the top because he's the number one guy. They want to get him the football early and often. All right. I want to say thanks one last time to uh, Andy Ludicky. Uh, our sponsor of MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to leave the corporate rat race, want to own your own business, the franchise game might be the perfect fit for you. Give him a call, 404-973-9901, or email him at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. He's a friend of the program and been with us now advertising for almost two years. He's had several people uh, come to him for this, and uh, he's had great success. And they've had good success as well. So we're happy to have him as a uh, long-standing advertiser and sponsor of the live stream. All right. We, but, we've had a lot of comments about Ollie Gordon and his health. But I, I just want to say one thing about Ollie Gordon, who's not 100%. But it's similar to Xavier Worthy. He limps off, you think he's dead, and he comes back and he's running it downhill, dropping his pads on people. So yeah. I think there's a little Xavier Worthy there with Ollie Gordon, even though he's a running back. I, I think Ollie Gordon will play through the pain enough, even if he's got uh, that ankle's not 100%. But, you know, he there was a couple of times in the game where he kind of, oh, 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 and you say, oh, man, he's hurt. Then he comes back and he's dropping pads on people. So that dude's <laughs> going to be ready to roll tomorrow. All right, guys, mm -hmm. I think it's time. We're getting ready to wrap up here. we got a couple more minutes uh, in an abbreviated version of the live stream. We're getting ready to do a radio show, Austin Radio, later with Aaron Hogan. Uh, Rod, I Rod. think you're going to be on that as well, my man. Uh, how big would making – the college football playoff 
be for recruiting Jerry Hamilton? Massive. Uh, but I think winning this game, massive as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, but making a college football playoff, obviously it's massive for future recruiting because you get one month and there's you're one of the four teams everybody focuses on. And I'm here to tell you, if it went chalk and FSU lost and Texas got in, Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Texas, I'm not sure Texas doesn't get it, the mo- most media attention during that month. Uh, Georgia, I mean, that win streak would be talked about, right? Michigan, the Harbaugh stuff would be talked about, right? Uh, Oregon, they're Bo Nix. Bo Nix will, will eclipse that because if, if they if get he in, wins the Heisman. he wins the Heisman. But I think Texas, because of the um, the brand, is going to get would get a hell of a lot of media attention if they get in. But for recruiting, I think it would be massive. Um, because look, I mean, there's very few opportunities you have where you have the majority of young eyeballs around America watching you. Texas already got one of those and they beat Bama. And that was a big one. I mean, what, what was there? 12 million people viewed that game, 11.8, 14 counting. Uh, so I think it'd be huge for recruiting, but I think even if they win this game, a 12 and one season, um, beating Alabama, winning the big 12 championship, but just the just the number of draft picks uh, coming for Texas. Um, portal window opens. I think Texas is going to do well in the portal, guys. I, I, I just think everything's rolling in the right direction. Well, I tell you one thing that's happened uh, while we've been on this show. Uh, Cam Coleman, the five-star receiver out of uh, Alabama that was committed to Texas A&M, has now flipped to Auburn. He did that uh, just a, a few moments ago. And then furthermore, uh, a defensive end committed to Texas A&M out of Shreveport uh, is now visiting LSU this week. Relaford, who's tremendous. Gabe Relaford's senior tape is tremendous. Yeah, so things are happening behind the scenes uh, in recruiting. We're going to see what happens next with the portal, December 4th. Kobe Black, when does he announce? December 13th? December 13th, right? yep. Uh, you'll see his brother on the field tomorrow, Corey Black, for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. All right, before we let you go, everybody, we got to have a, a score for tomorrow's game. I'll start. And, and I want to hear mm-hmm. if you think Texas is going to make the college football playoff with a win. Yeah. Four, I'm going 41-20. I think Louisville's going to beat FSU. I think Texas is going to get four seed. Woo! Rod B, what do you think, man? I'll go Ooh, I'll go 31 to 20 23-21-23. Texas wins. Um and yes, they make the college football playoff. Not sure how exactly it plays out, but Texas they make. This is a team of destiny. They make it. Oh, boy, team of destiny. Rod picked 31 to 23 uh, Longhorns with the Longhorns making the college football playoff. I went 28-13. I think this Texas defense is ready. Uh, They know uh, what Oklahoma State likes to do. Uh, I think they're ready for Ollie Gordon. I think they're ready for Alan Bowman. Uh, And it's time for them to take over. Uh, I I know that it's going to be hard at times moving the ball, but I do expect Texas to hit some big plays. I really, really do that. Do expect that. We are going yeah. to have a live stream during Sunday football. Uh, college football mm-hmm. playoff is announced. Uh, is Texas going to be in the college football playoff? Yeah. I think they are. Yeah. I think they are, if, especially if Florida State is starting their third string quarterback. Something else to remember here. The last time somebody at Texas felt snub, Vince didn't get the Heisman, and USC won the game. Sark didn't win coach of the year in the Big 12. I USC think he didn't win the game. You missed that. I, I, no, I'm saying Vince didn't win the Heisman, but he won the game. Sorry. Okay, I said it. that wrong. Yep. But he avenged it one win of the game. Sark didn't win Big 12 coach of the year, but I think he's going to win the game. Agreed. Big deal. All right. Okay. Hey, guys, that's going to do it for this afternoon. Uh, we'll be back. We're doing a radio show next. 
We want to appreciate everybody that's uh, been with us all year long on these Friday afternoon live streams and the, the coffee and football live streams, et cetera. We appreciate you guys so much. We're going to go enjoy some uh, free cocktails here. Uh, thanks to Terry Black <laughs> and the guys at uh, Terry Black's Barbecue. Uh, if you get if you get a chance, if you get a chance to come out, come and join us. Like and subscribe to this video for more of the best Longhorns coverage. And as always, please visit us at InsideTexas.com. That's your source for the best news, recruiting information on the team, and other stuff. And for one last time here, Jerry, everybody, hook them. Some, somebody, somebody, somebody wants the Paul Feinbaum hook them. He went like this. <laughs> All right, Matt, take us out of here, guys. Rod, we'll see you tomorrow.